The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit Mike'sArchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? Uh, we are live, and you can see we have a new guest here. Mrs. Macy Watkins is here. Hey, everybody. Um, as you can tell, Clay and Keegan are not here. They're in Utah. They hopefully are on a stock for mule deer right now. And, of, of course, Ryer. Ryer's here. Still here. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I am. You can't get rid of me now. No, we cannot get rid of you now. Um, I've already we redone love my Ryer. office. We, well, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, let's just start this with... Just, I haven't even gotten through my whole morning coffee, and you're already going to take crap on me. What is this, Caleb? Ryer, remember what, what I told you. If I ever stop giving you crap, you need to worry. Okay? Okay. If I'm giving you crap, you're good. That's supposed to be reassuring. It's not. So, <laughs> so let's do, I'm not going to try and, I, I know enough about you to probably do an intro, but I'm going to let you do your own intro and tell everybody who you are. George Girl, played softball here at North Georgia. I played baseball in North Georgia. You're significantly younger than me, so we're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> But, so, who is Macy Watkins? Well, hey, guys. My name's Macy. Um, if you don't know me, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm, like you said, I'm from Georgia. Right now, we're filming in Dahlonega, Georgia um, at Copeland Creative, which is where I went to college at UNG, and I played ball just down the road. The softball field is less than a mile away. Throw a rock twice and hit it. Yeah, and the little dorm that I lived in is even closer to where we're sitting right now. Oh, but do you live, what's it What's it called? Owen. Owen Hall. So my yeah. wife lived there the her freshman year, yeah. Yeah, it was where all the, the athletes and honors lived. So being an athlete, I got in there, and then the Steak and Shake opened right across the road. Now and it's closed. I'm real upset that I never got to witness the days of Steak and Shake because I love Steak and Shake. So were you in college when Steak and Shake was here? They built it the second year I lived in, in that. In Owen? Yeah. Huh. What year was that? That doesn't seem like that was that long ago. Yeah, it was about... 2017. Oh, wow. You're a lot younger than <laughs> I am then. Oh, let's Anyways, not talk about that. Yeah. Um, kind of got derailed with the intro there. But <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> since my college days, you know, I just moved just in, in the town over from Dahlonega. I didn't go far, well, which says a lot because I'm not from here. I'm from Claire, or I'm from um, Gordon, Georgia. It's about three hours south. It's yeah, in Wilkinson it's, County. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's bad, but the way I tell people where I'm from, there's only one other person who, and I'm not saying that I've made it, but <laughs> there's one other person in Wilkinson County who, who society would look at as has made it, you mm-hmm. know, in in the public eye, and that is Honey Boo Boo Child. Oh wow! And Mama June, <laughs> there, <laughs> grew up in the same county as them, and um, you know, <laughs> that's where home. What is. is that? What is that big? festival redneck thing that goes down there what's it called and they're like a mud bogging something that goes down there i can't remember what it was called not in our town is it not in your town is mm-hmm. it like a town over or something 
Some what? Because it's. I think it's where Durham Town. Oh, um, we do have a mud bog. I mean, what's it? What's it called? There's a name for it. It's like I can't remember. It's in Milledgeville. Okay, how far is Milledgeville from you? About fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Okay, so we always played against Georgia College, and that's how I remember Milledgeville. And then, because I went to my freshman year of college, I went to uh, Middle Georgia in Cochran. Mm-hmm. Oh, miserable place. Yeah. Miserable place. Oh, my gosh. Let's not talk about that. Um, I was led to believe there would be a lot more mud bogging in the South. <laughs> Where did you hear that? Just life. I don't know. I thought that that was a thing that everybody did. I haven't seen it one time. Well, because it's not Maybe smart no, to do. Nobody invited you. Yeah, nobody's oh, invited Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> I thought for sure I was going to come down here and I'd just see like mud bogging around the place. Yeah, no. just on the sides of the interstate, just mud bogging. I don't know where mud bogging happens. I just I thought that was a very common southern thing, and it turns out I don't. I guess it's not. Well, I mean, we did. I I did my fair share of it in high school and college. But the thing is, it's really not good for your vehicle, like real bad. No, I know that. So it's like you once you mature enough to know that you shouldn't do that anymore, you, you usually don't. But like we used to go off roading and stuff all the time, but like. Going, trying like seeking out mud, that's usually a bad thing. It's just a recipe for disaster. I'll invite you to the next one that I hear of. Okay. Right. Yeah, I. I don't. I would like to see one at at some point. Oh, it's a redneck. Fest, like I've buddy. seen videos of it, but I want to go to one. Yeah. Good it lord. Seems like fun. <laughs> Never been. I just so, like to experience things. <laughs> So, do I need uh, to tell people what I do now? I kind of yeah. just talked about where I've been. Yeah, so that's um, what I was getting to. I was going to set you up. Like, So we know where you've been. So what are you doing now? So right now I work in the outdoor industry. I own my own marketing business. I have a lot of um, agency background. So I worked for an outdoor agency in Gainesville right out of college. Got the job. Um, Until she's from Gor- Gain- or, uh, Georgia because she didn't say Gainesville. She said Gainesville. Gainesville. Just pointing that yeah. out. Making sure you caught that nuance there. All right. I don't say it that way. I don't say I, it the wrong way. <clears throat> I say it the right way like you, I'm supposed to. Yeah, but just, you can tell it's a little forced when you say it. I everything's forced when I say it. <laughs> so you so now you're on own your own marketing firm and you manage several big fishing brands and you also have a pretty large following yourself. Mm-hmm. So and around when COVID spiked was when my social media just took off like crazy mm-hmm. on TikTok, which I'm sure you've heard of that happening to folks. I was one of them. It just blew up. Um, so put a lot of eyeballs on my content and then, you know, got some sponsors out of it, did a lot of sponsored content. But what it's moved towards now is I don't I don't have a lot of sponsors because they've all turned into my clients. Mm-hmm. They see that I have a marketing skill and – um, they ended up hiring me to do yeah. some contract work, so now I just have several clients in, in the fishing and hunting world and a few that are outside of that. Okay. It's awesome. I'm blessed, and it's so fun. I feel the same way. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't feel like going to go to work every day, and you get to no. kind of create your own destiny too, uh, which you, you obviously do a lot more in fishing than we do. We dabble like very, very little in fishing just because my background growing up was hunting. I, I, I mean, I went fishing. I did a little bit, and I'm – you know, I've done some pond fishing, but, like, to go serious bass fishing or to go offshore, like, I've done that. I've, I don't think I've actually ever went, like, bass fishing on a bass boat in my life. What? Just never really? have. Just never have had the desire. It's not not my thing. But even in uh, all the years of filming, you've never filmed anything on a bass boat? I, yeah, I have. But it wasn't um, bass fishing? Mm, yeah, I guess I did. 
I was gonna say, there's no way that I you did in North Carolina, in Franklin, North Carolina. We did that. Uh, it was a, it was. A, are those spotted bass up there on? Um, I can't even remember the name of the lake now. It was beautiful where we were. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, but like maybe twice, three times, hmm. like not very many times. But um, I just never fishing was never one of those things that really got me very excited. And I guess that's why I haven't ever really pursued it. But, like, now my little boy wants to go fishing all the time. So, I'm, like, having to not necessarily relearn, but, like, have to get excited for him, you know. And I want him to have, like, the whole, like, paddle boarding or the whole, like, kayak fishing. Like, that's something I can tell when he gets older he's going to be really into. So, I'm like, all right, I need to try and either learn this or start to enjoy it or figure out more about it but i know that's something that you do a lot of you, you, yeah. you main i would say from the content you put out a lot of it is fishing yes fishing is my passion and people come at me all the time and say would you rather fish or hunt what do you like better i'm like i love both but like there's something about fishing it is my passion just when i'm doing it i oh gosh i'm just so happy um it's a spark that I don't get while I'm hunting. And I yeah, there is a spark, and I love hunting, especially waterfowl. I say anything with wings I'm just crazy about. But fishing will just always be on top for me. Hmm. So. Well, so, and I can see why people enjoy it. Like, I see why people enjoy golf. Not for me. I understand it. But for me, I think the really big thing with fishing that doesn't get talked about that maybe we can take a few minutes to talk about is the access is access to fishing is so much more abundant than access for hunting. Mm-hmm. Unless you have family property, your own property, a lease, a hunting club, you know, fishing just about everywhere you look outside of a farm pond, you can go fish it. You buy, a hunt, you buy a fishing license mm-hmm. over the counter. And as far as I know, everywhere that exists, you can buy an over the counter, non-resident or resident wherever you live fishing license either get a boat or stand on the bank and fish and the barrier to entry is so low Mm -hmm. and it's so inexpensive i mean we could go to walmart right now and get everything we needed to go fishing on the reservoir for probably less than 50 bucks hunting you just can't do that i think we should we should go get like some spongebob poles (laughs) and see who can catch the most there's actually i saw a youtube video believe it or not my little boy was watching fishing and that's what they did they went to um I want to say it was an academy, and they like, here's the cheapest rig we could get, and here's the most expensive rig we could get, and then they went fishing, and they're like, there's not that big a difference. So it, it, that was pretty interesting, in my opinion. But or we could do, or we could do a swap. We'll go with Macy. We'll give you the the SpongeBob pole, and we'll have a nice pole, and you'll still <laughs> kick our butt. You bike. guys take my gear, and I'll take the SpongeBob pole. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, that's the one that we bring Chuck on. <laughs> oh man, that actually have a really, really good time. So. What's what's kind of your like? Have you ran into that since you do hunting and fishing? Like, what's your whole take on the access thing? Because I think that's the reason that there's less and less people hunt now, just because there's, at least in this area out west, it's exploding because mm-hmm. there's more access. Yep, yep. We saw a lot of um, fishing licenses being bought during COVID mm-hmm. when people were cooped up. They wanted to get out and go fishing because um when I that was when I worked at the agency um, and I had a lot of fishing clients and. They couldn't keep their product. They were selling out of everything because everybody wanted yep. to fish. Bass Bros, same to, way. 
I worked for Plano at that at that agency, and I currently work for Plano, which is tackle boxes. Um, they also have gun storage and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're big into storage. But um, they were selling out tackle boxes like crazy Yeah, just because people wanted to fish. People that never fished before were buying fishing gear mm-hmm. during COVID and all, like, throughout right now. We're hunting. You're right about that. Well, the thing is with fishing is it's – at its core, especially if you just want to go catch brim or something simple, it's not hard to do. Like, you know, any you know semi-smart person could go out there, buy a fishing pole, bait a hook, throw it in, catch a fish. Hunting, you don't just go out and hunt. <laughs> it's not something that you just walk out the door and figure out. It takes a lot more time and planning and, and, and all those things. And, and, and there's just so many more barriers to entry into the hunting thing and, and safety. I, well, and, which I, the comparison I tell people is like, look at the number of DNR agents that are in the state of Georgia. I think it's like 200, 250 for the entire state. That's it. Florida has over 700. Oh. Because of fishing. Because you can fish pretty much in the entire coast of Florida and then all the inner, si- in, inner lakes and rivers and everything else. So they have that that many more agents because there's so many more opportunities. There really is, and that's something I noticed because I've been taking some trips to Miami the past couple years, and with all the canals down there, that's what I was amazed of. You just walk. I walked the streets of Miami with a rod in my hand, and Mm -hmm. you can fish anywhere. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, there's a there's a nobody uh, make a video of that. Oh, I have tons of videos. Okay, we just weren't friends then. Okay, it was years. I mean, I just went. Actually, a few weeks ago. Because I was like, that would be an epic. That'd be a really cool <laughs> video to do. Like there's a there's a Miami like a little yeah. Miami fishing travel video. That'd be so cool. I can see your wheels turning. That's the kind of stuff Ryer likes. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Keegan messaged me when I was down there. He slid up on my story and said, um, "Oh, Keegan, slide into cool, the DMs." How cool it looked. And I said, "I'm sure Copeland Creative can sponsor a trip next <laughs> year." Or something. Yeah. Um, we might have some to, peacock bass fishing. We'd have to hit up uh, old Ernie down there. Oh yeah. Yeah, and just stay at Ernie's place. Yeah. Just that, that rat hole that he has. It'd be a struggle, but I think we can make it through. <laughs> We've got a friend of ours that owns a very large house in uh, Miami. No. I, would, um, I would call it more of an estate. Yeah. It's, an estate. Ernie's done. Ernie's a worker, but he's done well for himself. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. The whole fishing thing to me is – Oh, this is going to make some people mad, but I got to say You already it. got people mad in the chat. <laughs> oh, I know. I saw that. They um, said, they said uh, if there's no bass fishing, might as well, might as well end the interview now. Well, that's kind of my thing, <laughs> is, is and, and this upsets a lot of people, but especially people that like to fish. You my, say a lot of, do you, do you know how many have a lot of contra- I have a lot of controversial like, oh, thoughts. this is going to upset a lot of people. Um, and then you say, say it, and it. it does upset a lot of people. But <laughs> I don't fish much because I feel like once you've caught one fish, you've caught all of them. One pulls a little harder than the other one. That's my thought. And they all look the same. Mm. That's why I've never really gotten excited about fishing. And fight. <laughs> I yeah. just like, you catch one, you catch one fish and they pull on the line. You ring it up and you, I'm like, oh, this one's three pounds and throw, oh, this one's 2.8. I think that applies. they look exactly the same. <laughs> I think what you're saying applies to you personally. Oh yeah. No, I'm, it's definitely a personal to, thing. Not to me. Cause every time another one bites, it's like the first time again for me. Oh, and see, it just, yeah. I don't know if it, emotions play into it for me. Cause I just love it so much. But yeah. every time one hits the line, I'm just, I think it's how I you love were, it all over again. I think it's how you're brought up though. I'm assuming you were brought up fishing. Mm-hmm. 
See, I wasn't. I mean, I went fishing. My dad loves to fish, and I'm sure he would have liked to take me more than he got to, but he worked all the time. But I grew up hunting because in the falls, my dad wasn't as busy. In the summer, he was slammed. You know, and I played baseball in the spring and summer my whole life. So, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot of time to fish. So, you know what the equivalency might be? Is to you, every fish pulls the same. But to some people, they wouldn't want to play baseball because every hit's the same once you hit the ball one time. And it's like hitting it oh, every other time. Oh, that's blasphemy. See? That's it's blasphemy. the same thing. No, it's not, the same. Because it's not the same thing. No, see what it's I'm saying? It's not the same thing. I can now see he's going to get upset. I he's going he's gonna to go, he's gonna go <laughs> saying these blasphemies. Here's the things. thing. I can see the baseball. I can't see the fish under the water. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. It's the same. It's not Once you've same. hit it one time, what's the difference? Some Fire. go further in different places than others. You're not allowed to talk about baseball. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to put your head in the space. To but where here's you can but have here's a my thing. I think it's where you the, can relate. I think it's the same thing as like horses. I don't like horses. I didn't grow up with horses. Anybody that loves horses grew up with horses. I'm not a fan. But that's not. It's, it's my personal opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying it's my opinion. I, I was just I trying to make an equivalency up, for like, you as a all. hardcore bass fisherman. Yeah. Though, you know. I yeah. just Caught brim at the pond. But you, but you grew up. The sport of fishing was kind of what you did, yeah. See, and and like my dad's told me stories about my grandfather, how he used, or his grandfather, how he used to, you know, he was one of the hardest workers he knew. But on Saturdays or Sundays, when he decided to fish, he'd sit on the bank all day and fish. He said this is the only time you ever saw my granddad sit still, and he said he'd sit on the bank of that pond, a half acre pond, all day, trying to catch a fish. So he. Drove up to, it was like Winfield Scott or something, and caught a big um, cat. There's my dog. She decided to come up here. <laughs> come here. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Sit. It sounded like thunder cracking yeah. for a second. It's like, what's happening? Sit. See, so he, he said he, she, hey. he went up to Lake Winfield Scott, and, um, oh, she's going to, yeah, she's going <laughs> to she's gonna ruin this. Anyway, went up to Lake Winfield oh. Scott and caught a catfish that was, uh, come here. Had three three whiskers, and he called him three beards. So he would go down to the pond. He brought him back, put him in our pond, and he would try and catch him again. And that's that was his thing. He <laughs> would try pond. and catch that fish over and over again. And he would sit there all day trying to catch that fish. And he's like, "I don't. That's just what he did." Oh, look at her being good laying down. Let's not talk about her. So she maybe so she'll be quiet. Um. Anyway, she come up here and terrorized us. But yeah, he called him three beard, and he would try and catch that fish over and over again. And I just am like, like, why? He's like, he just wants to see how big he got. You know, see if he got any bigger. Somebody here? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, Ryder's going to go check and see who's here. Nobody's called me. Oh, well, anyway. Um, yeah, and put her, put her back in the office. Sorry, guys. We got completely derailed because of my dumb dog. She was being real sweet in the office until somebody came and opened her door. Somebody's downstairs. Anyway, so let's talk about social media. Mm-hmm. That's the fun one. Necessary evil. I'm not good at it. That's why that's why Keegan's here. And obviously you're very good at it. So what's some of the what's some of the changes or some of the trends that obviously, especially on Instagram, because of TikTok, reels have became like you scroll, I scroll through my Instagram, nine out of ten posts are videos now. Like mm-hmm. very few pictures. Okay. Talk about that. Like, why? What's the what's the reason? Are they trying to compete with TikTok? Is it, are they getting more engagement from that? Like, what's the deal? I think it's their opportunity to make money. 
um, with advertisements mm-hmm. and keep you on the app longer, of course, to yeah. look at those advertisements. Meaning oh, yeah. they get more money and um, it's more appealing. Well, you know what's so funny to me is it. half the reels that I see are just brought over from TikTok. Somebody made they a TikTok. They really are. And Almost you know, half of them. With my personal content, I try to keep things different. You know, I have a totally different TikTok audience than I do on Instagram. It's, really? It's weird. Um, How so? People do come. I've I've kind of done the math, and about twenty percent of my followers from TikTok come over to Instagram. So um, I think I did the math right. I have three hundred thousand, around three hundred thousand on TikTok, which means I have thirty thousand on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's always kept up with that ratio. But anyways, the audiences, I don't know, they're different. TikTok, they're very engaged with what I'm putting out. Where and maybe it's because it's video. If I put on picture pictures on Instagram, they don't get to hear my voice and you know see my personality as much. They're mm-hmm. not sometimes they're not as engaged. Um, I don't know. TikTok is just I've I've it's it's weird. I feel completely comfortable just being crazy and just funny and just my authentic Southern self and just putting up putting up nonsense on there. Mm-hmm. Where Instagram is kind of a bit more polished and. You know, um, talk about my career on Instagram. and So that's the key differences. So you feel like Instagram's more of like a a formal dinner and TikTok's just like a you know, kitchen table with the fam. Yes, yes. And then Why do you like think I that have, is? is? I feel that, like I have a younger audience on TikTok. Did you, do um, you think you created that, though? Or do you think Instagram's created that for you? Or, or TikTok's created that environment for you? Or is that's that just kind of? Ha- that's a very good question that I hadn't really thought about. Because I feel like what we do, just from my personal, like what Cope Creative does or Cope Creative does, and what Redneck Tech does, I feel like Cope and Creative we have it for the simple reason of showcasing our work, who we work with, what we're doing, what we're capable of. You're talking about social media yeah. as a whole on Instagram. Oh, on Instagram, and we use that as a way to showcase what we are what we can do so everything that goes on there is super polished super thought out sometimes it's like almost annoying that we can't be goofy and funny and stupid like we really are because like we perfect example we had two guys come to our class a year ago and they showed up and at the end of the first day they're like man i don't know how to tell you this but i'm so glad that you guys aren't like crazy polished and professional like i thought you were Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why would you think that? And he's like, well, just, you know, following your Instagram and stuff. I thought you guys were going to be like super like buttoned up and professional. And I'm, and I'm like, I don't know whether I should be happy or offended that we aren't <laughs> professional and buttoned up. Yeah, that's. And, wow. and but but I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, because TikTok is like you almost need to be goofy and funny and off the wall and a little more creative. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like Instagram's like got this uniform that you have to fit within. I hate it. And then TikTok's like, throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Yes, that is TikTok to a T. I have to be that way on TikTok. So what do you think sticking? What's sticking for you right now? Right now the corn song Humor. is really going on. <laughs> 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 you, have you heard the corn song? I don't think so. It's really funny. <laughs> it's been stuck in my head for three, day, three days. <laughs> Pretty good. I'll show it to you. You're going to laugh so hard. Oh, God, I can't wait. So what do you think sticking for you right now, and has that changed? What's worked for you? Has that changed over? I mean, you've been doing it for what, two years now, roundabout. Mm-hmm. So has it that trend changed for what's working for you, or has it yeah, always kind of been the same thing? I'd say the thing that sticks for me is you know a lot of people lip sync, mm-hmm. do sounds on TikTok. Yeah, I, my video will do well if my voice is in it. 
So if I'm on there, just people just love my accent, and that's, a lot of people say it's fake, but that's what does well. If I'm if I'm talking and they can hear my voice, if I say my little phrases that I have, like one of them's y'all catching. Yeah. <laughs> where like, you know, for instance, if you're on the lake and you see your buddy across the way and you want to know how his day's going on the lake, you're like y'all catching, yeah. even if it's just him or her, just one person. You say y'all, just yeah, it's just a phrase. <laughs> and then another one that I picked up. People just go crazy when I say it. It's plum dad gum raggedy. <laughs> plum dad gum raggedy. <laughs> I need so, that on a sticker, I think. <laughs> plum dad I'm gum to raggedy. Think of more, but I have more that people will just lose their minds over. So yeah. just those coined phrases yeah. and talking like with my voice, not lip syncing. People love that. So and of course, people go crazy to hear about my job and my lifestyle. People will just beat down the door asking career questions. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. So does she have a more southern accent than I do? I would say yes. Okay, thank you. But We're from that, different parts of Georgia. But again, the, he's he's asking a pointed question because he's trying to make a point. <laughs> so What's his point? He's uh, the question. He's he's continually trying to get me to admit that he doesn't have a southern accent because he doesn't think he does. Because according to him, he can't have one because there's people with a more pronounced southern accent than him, which doesn't negate the fact that he has one. But in his mind, apparently, it does. So every time he's like, oh. Did, they have more of an accent than me? Yes, maybe, but it doesn't mean you don't have an accent because you go places and people immediately know you're from the South. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, I continue. Argue that one. Continue on. <laughs> so, I can see how he derails the podcast like you mentioned. Knew <laughs> 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 I liked her. That's my job. <laughs> when Caleb had, when when I applied for Copeland Creative and I was given the prerequisite packet, is like, do you have experience in derailing podcasts and i did <laughs> i did you're lucky i used to when i podcasted with mark i used to have a soundboard of movie quotes that i would just lay in there really <laughs> oh yeah i would lay in there i had and especially because it was that it was when hillary clinton was running for president oh too, yeah so i had like laughs from her and little donald trump lines <laughs> God, and stuff. we might have to do that oh you can derail something real quick with a hillary clinton laugh let me tell you well we have <laughs> one two three four we have five well, spots that we could put no, some sounds no. in i would take my ipad they have little soundboard oh no and you take your ipad and you can program them all and then you just run it to the board and then i could just sit here and just yeah, we I'd would never we'd things. never get to an entire podcast i really wouldn't well the trick is trying to figure is trying to find the space to put them in that's the difficult part you really got to time them it takes yeah. a lot more skill than people would think to successfully derail a podcast <laughs> you you are <laughs> currently with the gold medal right now mm-hmm. um and i completely <laughs> forgot what i was oh so you've got your couple <laughs> coin phrases i don't know if you've ever listened to many of our podcasts or me talk but i've got an entire list of southern sayings that mm-hmm. i can um, i can throw you a couple Mike could that you could use Mike could Mike could is one of them that one snuck into my language a little bit. Good. I find myself saying Mike could. I'm like, dang it, Caleb. <laughs> anyway, so you feel like the best content that you put out is when you're being authentic. Amazing. Yeah, but some, some people, it's for them, it's doing those little dances and... But you know, it's different for everybody, but that you know, that's me. But essentially what I'm getting at is how important authenticity is no matter what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And that's, the, that's the key. That's my golden rule. That's just what I go by every day is authenticity and just got to have it. Well, for, for because me. people see right through it when it's not there because we produce content that was authentic that we got to you know be a part of, and then we've produced a lot of content that wasn't 
authentic that you f- you feel like everything you're doing is forced because we're being told by a client or a sponsor or a host that mm-hmm. this is the way that they want it and we're like well didn't this is in no way real or authentic or genuine and the viewer knows that you know there's that there's that little x factor when somebody views something that's like do I believe this or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and and if I don't believe it, I automatically write it off. And whoever, the host, the show, the client, whoever, I come, I'll write that off too. And I think that trying to stay true to who you are and authentic and like, that's what we try and do with content. And I mean, that's, and it's nice to see that you translate that over into social media as well, just because there's so little of that now. And I, you know, obviously there's a lot of, I'm sure young girls that follow you that want to do what you do or want to emulate you and things like that. That's also important because as we know, the world we live in this, you know, the hunting and fishing lifestyle that's being attacked every day, especially the hunting side. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really guides me and in, in my content, you know, I, I remember I was at ICAST two years ago and this man came up to me in, in the booth and I didn't even know who he was. He never even told me his name, but... And I was busy, but he, he tapped me on the shoulder because he just had to tell me. He said, I, I follow you on TikTok. My little girl watches you, and, and I, I'm so glad that you're a good role model for her. She loves you, and comments like that just keep me going. They Whoa. they guide me in in what I make. I would never do or post anything to disappoint that young girl. Yeah, well, there's And a golden rule that I've always went by that my parents have told me, don't post anything and don't do anything if you wouldn't be comfortable with your preacher, see? Yeah, well. <laughs> You're one of the few that does that because we all know that there's the other whole subsection of TikTok that is not that. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's real <laughs> bad, um, especially for a guy with two little girls um, and a little boy that will see it, you know, one day because, I mean, you can't keep him away from it forever. But, like, it's a, it's a whole different world. Like, TikTok to me, you know, and I know just enough to be dangerous about all this, so bear with me. But, yeah. like, TikTok – changed the game when did tiktok come like when did it start it was started as an app called musically which which was right which was right near the end of the vine era yeah which i would say vine but wasn't it for aspiring artists yeah musically was like a it was not the tiktok we know but it developed in the tiktok and yeah musically was like it was more it was the lip syncing Mm-hmm. Like that was how it started. Was the lip syncing? See, I'd never heard of musically, and it was a very particular type of lip syncing because it was like I didn't, I never had the app, but it like did it slower. Like I, I guess you recorded. it I never had musically. I just know that's what it started as. Yeah, it started as that. That was probably in high TikTok. school. Or something well, like now, that. now there's one called Vero. Done anything on Vero there's yet? Be real. Be real is the is kind of big ish right now well so peter mckinnon put his thing out about vero the other day about how now everything on instagram is sponsored or this that and the other and it's not you know you can't get engagement you can't have real conversations nothing you know nothing's nothing's about the followers anymore nothing's about like the true community so he's like one of the big pushers of this vero to try and get people away from instagram and go to vero i have created an account i don't know anything about it uh, I didn't know if you knew anything about no, it. No, no. What's it its key selling point? No sponsored content. Um, yeah, no sponsored content, no ads. Um, yeah, I, if I that. remember, if I remember right, that's what it was. I'm trying to pull it back up. So here's the here's the app here. Vero True Social is what it's called. Um, 
I mean, it's really clean. Yeah. But um, like Peter McKinnon, it, it, and it's a really good place to showcase work as well. That's kind mm-hmm. of obviously what Peter McKinnon does. But um, I don't know. I follow a couple like movie producers and like HBO, House of the Dragon. Ryder, did you watch House of the Dragon first episode? I haven't even seen any of Thrones. <sighs> You're so terrible. <clears throat> anyway. So I, I didn't know if you knew anything about that one. Have you done anything on Be Real? I, me, no. I hadn't even heard of that one. I think I've heard of that one in the last Gosh, I don't. Weeks. We don't need another one. I don't want another one. <laughs> yeah, I don't need another one. So what's your take on Facebook? I'll, I'm going to let Ryer sit this one out until after because I know what his take on Facebook is. What's your taste? What, what's, what's Facebook's value now? Mm, I think it's kind of antiquated. It's kind of just going out. It's on the way out. Well, other apps are some on the of the, way some in. of the some of the things that I've read and researched is like it's still the best place to sell products. It still pushes more yeah. products than anything. Yeah, I could see that from a brand's perspective. Do you think it's because the age demographic's older? Yes. Because I feel and like because my mom is on Facebook mm-hmm. and my dad is on Facebook, they are not on anything else. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking right now. My clients they do run a lot of Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of their main strategies. So. I think it's a good place to, you know, still see pictures of your friends and your relatives. and. That's the only reason know, I have it, is to keep up with, like, family and friends. And yeah. But, yeah. Okay, Ryder, I'll let you talk now. You've just been sitting over there shaking your head. Facebook's terrible. <laughs> I hate Facebook a lot. I don't, I don't care for it because people just post whatever they yeah, do on Instagram onto Facebook. And why do we need a duplicate platform? Yeah, I know. Well, I feel like f- – I like – I like Instagram because I feel like it. People at least kind of curate Instagram a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I I'm not a full believer that you just need to put your entire life on a social media. Like, you should be curating it a little bit. I don't need to know. But everything. people don't put their entire life. They only put the best of the best. It's only no, on their fa- highlights. On Facebook, I see a bunch of bullcrap, and you're like, that. No, nobody needed to know that. You didn't need to. Well, that's say always that old ladies that. about the the Baptist church that somebody stole their. I think I think it's just their assuming. broccoli casserole recipe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's stuff like that that's on Facebook. <laughs> that's true. Like that I don't necessarily true. see that on Instagram. So on Facebook, it just feels like eighty percent spam between ads and bullcrap about people's life that I don't need to know about. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, all the stuff that I would want to see is already on Instagram. They just have they just migrated over. They mm-hmm. post on Instagram. It goes to Facebook. So why why put up with the eighty percent bullcrap? When I could just go to Instagram. I have Facebook for Marketplace, too. I buy stuff bad. on Marketplace you all the time. I am. I like Marketplace a lot. Because Craigslist is trash now. So Facebook Marketplace is where it's at. I'm sending you things that I want and be like, hey, Caleb, can you I'm a deal finder, man. I know. I'm a deal finder. I know. I am. I don't like paying full price for things. I don't. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> but, yeah, so have you what's, – what's, so what's your take on Twitter? Because I do that much on Twitter. Twitter is so overwhelming. I used to be really into Twitter, especially when I was an athlete. And then there was a short time where I worked with athletic communications, like I told you about here at here at UNG. So um, one of my duties was to sit at games and tweet sport updates from all the games. Um, so that's when I was really big into Twitter. But right now, I just go on if there's like a big crisis in the United States, and I go on and see what people are saying about it. But other than that, I do not care about Twitter. See, it's I was, just, just one big fight on there. Oh, yeah. Well, I was trying to explain to my mother and my dad the other <laughs> night why I don't watch the news. And they're like, well, how do you, where do you get your news? I'm like, I get it from social media. Well, from where? I'm like, from everywhere. 
And they're like, that, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to them. Like, how how do you know about this thing? Because something came on the news, and they're like, oh, Caleb, do you see this? I'm like, yeah, I knew about that yesterday. Half the time, the social media knows it before. Oh yeah, and then that's what she that's what she said. She's like, well, how did you know about that yesterday? I'm like, from social media. Well, well, where? I'm like, I don't know. I saw that like 19 times. It's like when Will uh, and she's like, but from where? I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't remember. There's like 97,000 people that put that out yesterday on different, you know, whether it was Facebook, whether it was Instagram, whether it was TikTok, you know, in every kind of way, you can go in and read comments. You can get different perspectives. I was like, Fox News is going to tell you one thing. CNN is going to tell you one thing, and they're going to repeat it every hour on the hour until something else happens. I'm not watching that. That's me with current events or anything, really. If You know, I'll watch the video or I'll read the post, but where I really spend my time is looking at the comments, seeing what everybody has to say. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I mean, I read, you know, anytime I want to know more, I read the comments. The real joke and is the real joke, the comments. And the, the real comments jo- are the best part of social media, especially <laughs> yes. on TikTok. Oh, those comments man. are great on TikTok. It's better they, than the original content. Oh, yeah, 100%. Some of the stuff those lunatics have to say online. Well, that, and it, re- it reminds me how <laughs> creative lunatics. I'm not. You know, when I see some of these comments and things that people do, I'm like, I wish I was that creative to have thought of that because that is the most that that answer like where that answer came from is amazing to me and and the way people say things and what they compare them to and like on the scale of one to Hillary Clinton like things like that like I love stuff like that like that's what gets me that's what makes me laugh like the kind of crap that you send me oh here not a fan it's not funny he doesn't like the absurdity TikTok. Yeah, they're like not any funny. Absurd TikToks. I don't. He's he's from the other generation. What's an absurd TikTok? I don't even know. He sends me stupid stuff that he. <laughs> I know he's sitting there like doing that about, and I'm not. I'm I'm like that's not funny. No, I will I will be honest. I got some weird crap on my TikTok, feed, but that's because I'm a weird guy. So I like, do too. So sometimes I see something that's way out of left so, field, but it's going super back to our funny. Original conversation. If someone follows me on Instagram, I'm like, if you really want to get to know me. Just head on over to TikTok and you'll well, see it. That would be a real. That's a, so. That's a really good segue or question. What is the kind of content that you like to consume? So not mm-hmm. the kind of content you like to make. Like if you're going to seek out something to watch or look at, like what is it? What, what's your kind of uh, maybe even gu- like guilty pleasure? Like uh, that you like to watch. My wife likes to watch like stupid, um, like trash shows, like the. Desperate Housewives of whatever. Have you seen Love Island? No, and I'm not. That, that is the trashiest. <laughs> that's the like, trashiest dating show, and it's really funny to watch mm-hmm. because they all have these ridiculous British accents. <laughs> and my favorite thing is how they mic them up. They don't even try to hide the mics. They have like a necklace mm. that they clip the mic to and a strap that they put the back on. It's so the cheesiest thing. Yeah, I'm not seen into in that life. show. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> or any of those kinds. So, so like mine, I just started Secession on HBO Max because I bought HBO Max for the year because I want to see House of the Dragon because the fact that you haven't seen Game of Thrones is appalling to me. Well, I was about to watch it. Keegan said he's ha- he's got it all on. He's got it all. I can't say where because you know IRS. Because <laughs> <laughs> the IRS. <laughs> but he said that he was gonna. Help me watch them, and then I never got the help. I can give you my login, and you can watch them in full quality however you want because you need to watch them. Like, you need to watch them. I need to get through Ozark first, and then (sighs) it's eight seasons. You got to get going. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot to consume. But, like, that's kind of my thing. I like really well done either dramas or like 
very good storytelling series. Like that's kind of what I like. So what's like what's the kind of things like more maybe even a better question is like where do you draw your inspiration? Hmm. On social media, I like looking at people that you know obviously have the same interests, like fishing, mm-hmm. especially fishing and hunting. But um, I like watching people who. I guess, take you into a, a closer look at, at their lives or, you know, the products that they're using. I guess that's the marketing person in me. But when they, like, go through all their baits or their tackle storage or organization of their boat or their garage, I, like, I'm really into that. So you're, like, an organization, one of those yeah. organizational people. Do you like watch those food, organ- those pantry organization videos? Mm-hmm. Do you like those a lot? Those are pretty good. I like those. But <laughs> even, even, okay, uh, a guilty pleasure, I guess, on, on social media is I love Outfit of the Days. I, I love oh, looking at those girls girl. that, so that that's do the girl OOTDs. Like, I, I, I just think that's wildly entertaining. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a girl, and I do like clothes. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I would I would assume that one. But that's but not, uh, just, not just outfits like gear hauls, yeah. you know. I love the idea of just making content around gear. Like, I, I love my gear and all the products I use for hunting and fishing. I love showing that stuff off and using it and wearing it out and just, you know, repping my clients, of course. But I like when other people show me what they use and what they use it for and, you know, just stuff like that. I right, See, I get on – I get on – I like the uh, – I'm a gear nut. I mean, which anybody in this job is a gear nut. And I'm always trying to figure out a way to be 1% better at your job. Like, how can I – is there a piece of gear? Is there a service? Is there an app? Is there a – something that's going to save me time, make me more efficient. Like that's kind of where I, I nerd out. And then I'm trying now to where I'm kind of in business development. Like what are some things that can help us make more money or be better at this or save us some time here. And so that's kind of where my. Cine primes. <laughs> that doesn't save us money. Not at all. That costs money. Make us some money. Oh, right. <laughs> I think I've always just been into, into products like outdoor gear because I've, I've always had to know a bunch of products like the back of my hand. Like mm-hmm. when I worked for the agency that I spoke of, um, I had to know these products so well. Um, things like ammo, bows, blinds, um, baits, like tackle boxes, everything. I had to know the specs and just because mm-hmm. I had to push it to the media. Mm-hmm. And I had I just had to know it very well. So my whole career has just been centered around having to know my stuff when it comes to products. So. I enjoy gear hauls and. Just What's your experience working with marketing people in the fishing industry? Mm, that's such a broad question. Well, I can give you mine for the hunting industry. It's terrible, <laughs> and they're mostly incompetent. Are you talking about the media? No, the marketing, like the marketing agencies or the marketing managers for big companies. Hmm. Yeah, you go first. It they're <laughs> ge- they're generally they're generally like catching the Easter bunny. They're usually. They don't know much about the products they're selling or trying to sell. They're very number-oriented. They know nothing else other than numbers. And they're like catching the Easter Bunny. They drive me insane. I feel like also And I want to shake some of them and say, why are you so bad at your job? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of hunting and tactical, like, clients. Most, um, almost all of ours are hunting, but yes. And, and in the past, I didn't have a lot of fishing clients. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I had a lot of you know, mm. hunting and tactical clients. Catching the Easter Bunny is a good term to use. Yeah, because um, you're not going to catch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, some clients are very hard to pin down. Um, I don't mean to say anything bad because I really enjoyed my time there. 
and enjoyed those relationships that I got to make with cool companies. Here, but but they are hard to pin down, but that's why they hire the agency. Yeah, here's my thing. I am controversial, controversial statement. I am oh, tired. I I'm tired of people using I'm busy as an excuse. Everybody busy. I try to never use If that. you're not, unless you're a piece of crap, you're busy right now. <laughs> So I'm like yeah. tried my best. I'm the same. I'm like I'm not using. I'm busy because I know whoever I'm trying to call is busy too. Mm-hmm. Like, but nobody's as busy as they say they are. That's what drives nope. me. That's what drives me insane. Oh man, I'm so busy. I'm just swamped. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You've had time to email me back or call me back. I know you have. Because guess what? I had time to call you back, and I'm very busy myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just think it's self- just oh, it just gives me. I'm it's just selfish. That to you all the time. No, you're not. I told you the other day you can't use ADHD as an excuse anymore. No, you didn't say that. Yes, I did. I was like, you're done. ADHD's out the door. You can't use that as an excuse oh, anymore. I'm cured. <laughs> I can feel the ADHD leaving my body. Wow. Oh my How God. did it take so long? <laughs> Just, it took some management, Ryer. That's what it took. All I needed was Caleb to say, it, it's over. ADHD <laughs> is no more. Healed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you need to rub some mud on my eyes or something? Exercise the demons. <laughs> Can you try the mud on my eyes next to see if that one will oh, work? Gosh, man. <laughs> but yeah, I just I, where, I had where were we? Uh, just marketing people busy. Um, busy marketing <laughs> oh, people. Right. Excuses, you know, well, here's all the, the fun other stuff. thing that I I feel like I find oftentimes with some of the marketing people that we work with is I don't really feel like they understand their audience. They don't understand who they're trying to sell to. And because they'll they'll be like, hey, we want this, that and the other. And like as a creative, I go, well, that's I don't that's not really going to appeal to who you want to sell this product to. Like that's a good corporate video, but that's not going to make anybody who's actually buying the product excited about this product. It's not going to make them want to go buy it. They're not going to share it with their friends. Like it's not I feel like there's a disconnect oftentimes between you know, that marketing person and their audience, and they don't really quite understand <laughs> what makes their audience tick or how to reach them and appeal to them. And I think that's oftentimes what's frustrating on the creative side because, I mean, I'm not, I know that I'm not a marketing person, but I feel like I have an understanding of kind of what appeals to people mm-hmm. and what uh, the general audience might like or get excited by. And so you, then you try to present, okay, well, what if we do this thing? Like, oh, no, we got to do it this way. You're like, well, now you've just made a video that's I don't think is going to sell. Yeah. It's not going to land. I had a I had a friend of ours send me a video for their, their company <coughs> that somebody else did, and he's like, I want your take on this. And he's like, don't hold anything back. And I'm like, this is horrible. I was like, I, was like, I don't know what your company does. I am more confused after <laughs> watching that video as to what you guys do than I am afterwards. Like, it was one of those just like, very graphics heavy, like in your face, pop, 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 words, words, pop, 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 words. And I'm like, I, I don't know what happened. Like, do you do shipping? Do you do logistics? Do you own an app? I don't understand. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I said. It's just, it was so confusing. But it's 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 all in the messaging. It's all in, it's, <sighs> there's just so much to it. Well, I'll speak on the fishing industry if you yeah, guys care yeah. to know Heck what yeah. that's like. Heck yeah. And it might make you want to get more into fishing and get some fishing clients because the marketing directors and the marketing teams that I've worked with are pretty amazing on the fishing side. Hunting and tactical, I actually do agree with you. but And I don't mind shouting out the companies because of I have something very good to say. Um, for example, Plano that I've worked with, probably my longest client that I've had at two different jobs, 
I've learned more from their marketing director than any four-year university oh, could well. teach. Spro, I used to work for Spro, who's also owned, um, well, not owned by their same companies on Gamakatsu, which is Hooks. Mm-hmm. Gamakatsu, those people are the most in-line folks you'll ever meet. Like, they are so dialed in. I used to work for Spro. They make crankbaits, frogs, lots mm-hmm. of baits. Learn so much about fishing and marketing from, from those guys. And then, of course, present day, working for Pure Fishing, which, of course, those brands, Abby Garcia, Berkeley, those guys are just on a, a whole different level when it comes to marketing. They they got it dialed in. See, um, I don't, I'm not even heavy on the fishing side of things, but even I know the name Abby Garcia. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that name. Mm-hmm. And I associate it with high-end fishing gear. Yeah. yeah. And then lastly, native watercraft, um, kayaks. Mm-hmm. I work with those guys over there. Um, and just amazing what they have going on with their marketing department and just the leadership over there. I've learned so much from my clients. What do you say is the – and I'm, maybe this is a loaded question too, but like what do you say in terms of marketing when it comes to fishing? Why are they so good? Is it because they spend money? Is it because they have a plan? Is it because they answer the phone? Like, what would you attribute their success to? Yeah, if you or, could, organization and orga- communication. Organization, communication. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> that makes me happy to hear that somebody actually does that. Do <laughs> so we just become best friends? Well, it, it's just it's one of those things to where I don't understand why hunting companies don't do that and why hunting companies are 10 years behind, where I feel like, you know, most fishing companies are up with the times. I feel like they're on the beat. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they've got it figured out, which fishing is so much more modern than hunting in, in, in most aspects because there's there's a lot of technology in hunting, but think about fishing. Think about all the GPSs and sonars and all the stuff that go into you know this big-time fishing stuff. Not only are the electronics and things so you know expensive and, and technologically advanced, well, if those things are... So do the rods and reels and the baits and everything else that goes along with it. Like, one thing can't be lagging behind. Whereas in hunting, really the only technology advancements we have is, you know, Sitka's designing some really good clothes, there's some cool trail cameras, and there's some apps. That's about it. I feel like also there's a different mindset. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've worked on both sides of the industry. I feel like the fishing industry and people who fish are much more apt to encourage and accept um, technological innovation and progress. Whereas in the hunting industry, sometimes that's seen as a bad thing. Sometimes innovation and progress can be seen as straying from tradition. I can and see is, that. And so people pull back on it, which is why the hunting industry may feel a little antiquated because people are actively Doesn't trying feel to antiquated stop. Doesn't it is. People are actively trying to stop that because to them it represents a a departure from tradition. Whereas in the fishing industry, I don't feel like people have that same mindset. People always want the newest, the best, the coolest, mm-hmm. the most advanced thing. Yeah, every bass fisherman I know has probably got at least a dozen different tackle boxes, all full of bait, half of which they've never opened or used. But you might need that one bait and one and specific And next time, and next time they go to Bass Pro Cabela's Academy, they're gonna buy more every time. You know, it, but think about when you go to buy a bait. Like, how much is your average like bait? Like, get a crank bait or spinner like bait. Like a hard bait around you know eight to ten dollars 
average. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's you don't, it's uh, it's an impulse buy. It's like, oh man, that one looks good. Let's try that one. Eight bucks. I mean, name something in the hunting world that's eight or ten bucks that you that is useful like that. Double A batteries to put in your trail camera. I mean, that's Casey's, about it. Casey's breakfast pizza. Exactly. Bre- <laughs> breakfast pizza. It's just a, it's a whole different game. And then when you talk about the access and you add it all up, like. There's just, I know there's got to be so much more money in fishing, and the margins have to be so much better. Um, and the season's year-round. I mean, you can fish something year-round. Hunting, you know, there's kind of, the, I guess there's some stuff to hunt year-round, but in the summer, people don't think about hunting. You know, early, early spring, late winter, people aren't thinking about hunting. They're thinking about something else. You know, it's, it's kind of a seasonal thing, whereas fishing, there's ice fishing, there's offshore fishing, there's fly fishing, there's bass fishing, there's you name it. There's always something that you can go fish. Yep. There's always a different bite going on. Yeah. You know, I just it's a, a it's fa- yeah it's fascinating to me just the differences and I try and like learn them and I, I mean I, like I said I don't know a whole lot about it and I would like to you know I would love to dip our toe in that water because I think it's obviously it sounds very appealing now knowing that the marketing people are fun to work with. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure we're just talking about our, our own experiences, and there's some in the fishing industry that don't have it together, and there's some in the hunting industry that are on top of it. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> we, we've got a co- we've got a client now in particular um, that's actually on the gun side that is awesome. Mm-hmm. She's awesome to work with. And I told her that. I'm like, you are a breath of fresh air to work with. I'm like, she's... Does, she's no BS. It's black and white. She communicates. She answers the phone. She does everything she's supposed to do. She does a great job. She's very passionate about what she does. She wants the company to grow. And like I'm like, that's the person I want to work with. You know, and I don't know. Is it the same in the fishing industry? There's, there's so much turnover on marketing. Because in the hunting world, there's so much turnover in these marketing people. There is a lot of turnover and just switching around with, yeah, within brands. That's what I'm saying. That's what that happens. Why is that? I've worked with the same people. At like several different brands, it feels like. That's making and sense. And honestly, to me. I'm that way too because I used to work for a lot of brands at an agency, and then people see me, you know, with another group of brands, and it's. Huh. Know. I just never have figured out like. I'm part of the turnover. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I've just never seen that as, like, why and and how is that advantageous? But I guess it's all it got all to do with relationships. I mean, I mean, relationship. Yeah. Well, that's something too. Well, how is how is how important have relationships been in what you're doing? Networking has been the key to my success. Same I, I here. could not I could not even be here without it. Hundred percent. What do you what do you feel like is uh what's some events, what are some things that you've gone to or done or some places you've put yourself in that you feel like were very beneficial? Like are there certain trade shows, are there certain yeah. events, certain tournaments, certain whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, first and foremost, I put myself out there on social media, and mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to, to do that and portray myself in a good light. Um, but early on, I volunteered a lot with DU. I was in the Ducks Unlimited chapter here in college um, at University of North Georgia, and that's what kind of got me, you know, in the mix of things. And then when I went to apply for that job out, out of college, um, in the interview, my boss, he really wanted to hear about what I did for DU. So that was a catalyst mm-hmm. and. um you know, getting that job, that volunteer experience. And, you know, further in that conversation, I remember I was at a DU banquet. It was in Atlanta, like downtown Atlanta. And um, it was the Gwinnett chapter. And I was on the state board at that time because I volunteered in college. I had a position on the state board. They're volunteering for the night. It was a very swanky type banquet, you know, business 
men coming oh, into yeah. that banquet. Some don't even hunt. They just wanted to be there mm. to um, win, a, win a hunt for their staff or something. But um, yeah. I was there volunteering. And, you know, I've always told people, don't be afraid to go up to the most important person in the room, shake their hand, tell them who you are and what you do. So um, I, I got wind that there was a guy going to be there. His name was Hunter Johnson, owner of Blue Otter Polarized. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I would love to get his business. He seems like a cool guy. Went straight up to him and said, hey, I'm Macy. He's my client today mm-hmm. um, under a different brand called Redfin Polarized. But Blue Otter at that point had exploded in the country music scene and the outdoor scene. And, I mean, if you think just the stepping stones, volu- you know, being in college DU, being on the state board DU, being at that banquet that night that I didn't have to be at. Mm-hmm. And I was all volunteer. You didn't get paid for any of that? Nope. And so. then, but now, you know, get paid by that client, of course, and the th- the things and the opportunities and the relationships that that client has brought me is crazy. Yeah. Like, I could I could tell you about it all. It would take a while, but, you know, you start doing one thing, and then it just branches off, and you get all these opportunities just because you weren't afraid to go up to somebody yeah. and say, hey. Well, I tell people that, too, like, all the times, like, the worst thing I can say is no. In fact, he did tell me no. Yeah. Um, it took a year or so. To reconnect with him and get his business, I was persistent, and he's a friend of mine today. Um, I got a text from him during this podcast that I need to reply to, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, stuff like that, volunteering, um, trade shows are obviously big for me, because I go to every single one of them Mm -hmm. at this point. God, trade shows are a (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're exhausting, but, you know, I'm a social butterfly at, at trade shows, you know out there working hard for my clients, but also, you know, maintaining that personal brand and making good relationships for myself, too. Yeah. Well, very cool. Networking well, counts. Networking counts, man. I'm telling you, that's been key to a lot of my success, too. And I I don't, I wouldn't consider myself a social butterfly, but I can talk to people. I don't have a problem talking to people. But I'm not somebody that, like, will go seek out somebody usually. Like, I'll... And and I've been lucky enough now to know enough people to where if I do want to meet somebody, I know somebody that can introduce me. Exactly. Um, but, you know, what we've tried to do is just kind of let our work speak for ourselves, and then try and be in the right place at the right time and do a good job and answer the phone. Um, and and mm-hmm. networking and, and obviously is very important for um, for what we do in the relationships. Like I couldn't put a value on the relationships. Like some of the people that we've met and people that I call friends now, it's like, you know, I've never would have thought it. Um, and, like you said earlier, like I couldn't be more blessed to be able to do this with the people I do it with. Um, and, and not just, you know, client wise, but even, you know, even I mean, Briar, I mean, I like him a little bit. I'll keep him around. <laughs> and I'm blessed to have the people here in this office. No. What's the time code? <laughs> What's the time code? I want to keep that one. <laughs> yeah, so, um, we, um, yeah, we, but I, which I tell people all the time, I was like, man, we're just, I'm just a redneck from North Georgia. Like this isn't rocket science. Mm-mm. It's not. It's just answering your phone, do what you say you're going to do, be a good mm-hmm. person, you know, because, which I know you know this too, which on the fishing side, I'm sure it might be a little bigger, but on the hunting industry, it's a small group of people that are movers and shakers. Oh, it's so and small. And if you <laughs> screw, and if you screw up and screw the wrong person. You're done. You're done. 100%. Mm-hmm. So, um, keeping your nose clean, doing the best job you can, being honest with people, like it's, it's not hard. Um, Which I'm sure, like you, had a really good upbringing, good parents, things like that, that that taught you those things. And that's, I mean, that's why I 
that's why I am the way I am. I had really good parents. It's not because of me. Yep. It's just I'm scared of my good mama. Reason. I'm scared yeah. of my mama with a belt. <laughs> She'll still do it. She's tried. She tried the other day. She was mad at me. So I didn't tell her I had to go to the doctor. She said, you tell me you had to go to the doctor. What did the doctor say? I'm like, I'm 35 years old. She's like, you tell me right now. HIPAA violation. Oh, yeah, I know. Exactly. But no, we've been at this for, in four seconds, a solid hour. So anything you want to talk about, Ryer? Did we miss anything? I was just going to ask, because we have a lot of advice for people trying to get on the content creation side of things. Mm -hmm. And maybe this could be a short two-part. But like not being in the marketing side of things, I know that's a whole other side of the industry that is a career path and a viable career path. It all connects, though. What would you – so if somebody – wanted to maybe go into the marketing side of things what kind of advice would you have for them what kind of things should they be doing or educating themselves on and what Um, should they be doing to try to get to that point or more importantly Mm -hmm. what should they not be doing sometimes because a lot of people it's not what you to do it's like hey look you're doing everything you do you need to do but that one thing that you're doing you shouldn't be doing that Mm -hmm. so what's some of your advice for that well i could write a book on the question that you both just asked me. I could say a million things, what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. But like I said, like my volunteer experience with DU, I honestly don't know where I'd be without what I did for DU because so much branched off of that, like job opportunities, clients, trips, trips where I met clients, trips where, you know, I made content that went viral mm-hmm. and grew myself. Like, it's crazy. Um, just being in organizations that can, you know, you know, that you can put on your resume. Mm-hmm. And even at an early age, like I started doing that at, um, when I was like 19 in college, I was at DU Banquet serving drinks behind the bar. And now I'm, you know, I'm going to film a episode of DU TV this year. Mm-hmm. That's how far volunteering and putting yourself out there can, can get you. But other than that, I think you should just develop a skill set um, of what you like to do, whether that's doing content or, um, you know me, I manage a lot of social. I'm really into marketing, affiliate marketing. Um, so just growing those skills and being familiar with what you're trying to do. Like do your research, educate yourself, and and own your craft. Other things that you should not be doing. You know, you got to keep a clean social. If you're going to be in fishing, the bikini pics aren't... <laughs> gonna cut it for you I, I'm gonna sound like a woman hater saying that but I'll say it if you need me to yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know I've worked with several brands that you know I used to be an influencer management and you know I had to hire influencers for, for a lot of fishing brands and they said can't do the bikini pics yeah. like don't bring me anybody like and I, I feel bad saying that somebody's gonna twist my words when I say that but you know just Painting yourself in a good light, putting out good content that's wholesome and clean. Yeah. Matt, Ma, Matt, um, our buddy 42 Pros said you have to have a five to 10 year mindset instead of a five to 10 week mindset. You know, things are going to take longer than you think they are. And I think that's a lot of people think that they that should. That's very true. They should take, you know, they should do one post or make one phone call and they should, you know, it should be done. You know, career made. It's like, no, it's not how it works. Mm-hmm. It's a grind. It's a daily grind. Like, I, like, I volunteered to film people for two and a half years before I ever got a chance to work with anybody right. for free. I didn't make, I mean, it cost me money. I had to drive all over creation and buy my own gear and, you know, just, just to network, just to meet people. Same type of thing, you know. And 
the fact that nobody wants to work for free at all to start out to get experience, it kills me. It's like, look, it's not that I don't want to pay you, but you don't have a skill set yet for me to pay you. Mm-hmm. So if this is a skill set you want, then work for free. Prove to me that you can learn, that you want to do it, and then maybe you will get paid in the end. I did that. I did it for two and a half years. Exactly. Most, most, most guys now or girls aren't willing to do it for a week or a mm-hmm. month. I did it for two and a half years. I had a full-time job, and I volunteered all the time. Same thing. You know, it, there's if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to do it. Yep. There's no excuse. When I got my dream job at that outdoor agency right outside of college, most people don't know that when I interviewed, I actually didn't get it, and I had to wait for another open spot. Oh, really? Yeah. I applied as a graphic designer, which is what my degree was in, also communications. But, um, yeah, I didn't get it. He was like, we've chosen to go in a different direction. But I was persistent, and, you know, God obviously <laughs> opened something up in his mind to say, let's hire that girl. So. Mm-hmm. So I eventually made it. So That's awesome. You know, it takes time. It takes persistence. Like I said, with that client of mine, the sunglasses client. Yeah, but that's, two, but that's two times you were told no, and you didn't quit. Yeah, and you can't be pushy with folks. You know, yeah. you just got to be charming and persistent and, you know, things will work out. Well, Devin, want it bad enough. Devin Degenhart wants you to do some more cooking with Macy's on TikTok. Devin's on. Yeah. Oh, Devin's always on. He watches every oh, one yeah. of them. Yeah. De- he wants OG. to do some more. Devin is OG. He said some more cooking with he Macy's. He said he wants videos. more cooking with Macy on TikTok. Hmm. You, you know, been I've cooking? been. You've been I'll, cooking on okay, love to cook. It's so <laughs> fun. She ain't cooked for us yet, has you? Neither is Clay. <laughs> Everybody coming up here, oh, I like to cook. I, ain't, I, 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 I like it. to eat. I, I, I don't like to cook. I like to eat. I live eat. alone, so it's really just for myself. But <laughs> what's your <laughs> yeah, What's your en- signature dish? Mm, you know, I cook a lot of Cajun food. I've spent okay. some time in Louisiana, and I, I love just Cajun food, man. Put it on I, a I usually do Cajun Thursdays. Cajun so, Thursdays. And now that's I a theme to, night I've never I love to cook of. breakfast. Cajun Thursdays. Yeah. I'm a big was, fan of theme nights. Taco thought it was Tuesdays. Thirsty Thursdays. Uh, yeah. Cajun but Thursdays. Could, but you could do Thirsty Cajun Thursdays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love to grill. So um, uh, something that came through my social media blowing up is I, I had I got a grill sponsorship yeah. with Rectech. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of them? Oh, yeah. They're that's from, a Georgia company. Augusta. Yeah. Um, but my Rectech, it's a pellet grill for those who don't know. And I will be out there on my porch just grilling away every night of the week sometimes. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so fun. So I love to grill. Devin, I got you. You will be seeing some some cooking content soon. Yeah, Matt and Fishing with Fitz. I'll say they'll see you at ICAST 2023. Who's what's Matt? Uh, Matt Postel, Postel. I can't remember how to Postel. Postel. I do know Elliot though. Fishing with Fitz. That's my friend. He's a he's a fishing creator as well. Yeah, he's been on here uh, commenting a bunch of stuff. So yeah, we've got a bunch of comments. Oh. Yeah. Anybody? I guess we'll hang out for like. A minute longer. Yeah. Anybody has any questions? Throw them up. I know real there quick. were some questions earlier, but we were in the oh, throes of conversation. What was the so questions earlier? Somebody asked if there was um, uh, what quotas. The Mister Bird Dog asked, "Does marketing have quotas to meet?" What does he mean by that? Do you know? Yeah, I don't. I didn't you understand either. That's him. why I didn't ask it. I mean, I guess it would. It would probably be like, are are there sales metrics? Like, are there goals and sales metrics that you are trying to well, meet? Well, you know, I do a lot of social media management for some clients because they love to contract that stuff out and get someone that likes to do it to do it, which, mm-hmm. which is me. Um, <laughs> and I do have quotas. Like, for Abby Garcia, post five times a week. 
every week. Um, some brands like Plano post three times a week. So that's an example of a content quotas. No. A content delivery quotas more than like X dollar amount sold quotas. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. So content quotas, yes, but that's the only example I can think of. Mr. Bird Dog also, like, in the middle of the conversation, wanted us to ask how you thought the discussion was going. <laughs> Did you? Now that we've kind of wrapped up the conversation, how would you assess the conversation as a whole? I really it liked well? it. I think we dug into some deep, important topics, but there's so much more we could yeah. talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. Too. Well, that's why we have I mean, a podcast. We could talk about this once a week. Otherwise, we'd be here all day. These are thoughts that I have every day, and I never really say them. So I'm glad I'm, you know, getting this opportunity to talk about marketing and social media. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's for you now being kind of a one-man band. I know you have other people you work with, but, like, being by yourself, that was what was really hard for me in the beginning was I didn't have a team of people around me to be able to bounce ideas off of. Like, hey, I had this idea. Is this good? Hey, what's this edit look like? Do you like it? You know, what do you think about this show? What do you think about this trip? You know, and it was by myself, so I was like, okay, everything's on me. Just say, you know, I think it's good, but does the viewer going to like this? Or, you know, I think, you know, even for you doing marketing and having strategies or ideas, like having that team around you, which I'm sure you do, that was the one thing that was hard for me is, like, I had people to reach out to, like my wife and, you know, some friends of mine around here, but, like, professionally, other people, peers that could say, that's really stupid, you shouldn't do that again. Or... I really like this idea. Could you do this, that, and the other? Um, that was something that it was really nice when Ryer got here and then with Clay and now with Keegan. Now we, we've got a really cool team that we can all bounce out because Ryer tells me I'm stupid daily with something that I did. <laughs> Caleb doesn't like to bring me in to look at his stuff. <laughs> I don't. So I just don't edit anymore. The, the, I'm just making him edit now. We're to the point now where I get, I'm very <laughs> He, he he had me come in and look at a website build he was doing. And I re- we restructured the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Ryer only gets called in when it's like emergencies. That's fine. <laughs> wow. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. Well, that's all I got. Anything you want to add? So where can yeah. people find you on social? I know I was supposed to ask that earlier and I forgot. So where can people find you on social media? Of course, TikTok, it's Macy.Watkins on Instagram as well, MacyWatkins14. That's really the only platforms I do. I do have Facebook, it's my name, and yeah, that's about it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming the real, in. The real fun is on TikTok, though. The fun is on TikTok. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Are you good? You good? I'm good. All right, deuces.